Greetings, friends. Welcome back to the broadcast. I'm Sean. Website can be found at scriptureandprophecy.com. That's where you go to find the archives, and that's where you go to support this mission of truth. Just a quick reminder, this broadcast is 100% listener-supported. So if you like what's going on here and you want to help uh, further it and continue it, uh, please consider going to scriptureandprophecy.com, clicking on the Donate Support tab at the top. This morning, we are looking to start our week, as we have done for many years, with some wisdom, some encouragement from the Psalms, and today from Ecclesiastes. So we're looking at Psalm 128, 29, 30, and 31. They're all very short. We're still working through these Psalms, Song of Degrees, or Songs of Going Up. These are pilgrimage psalms that they would sing and uh, as they would travel up to Jerusalem uh, for the feast three times a year. So we're going to read those, and then of course some commentary from Matthew Henry, and then we'll get to Ecclesiastes chapter 7. So without further delay, let's begin. Open up your hearts and see what the Word of God has to say to you this morning. Psalm 128 Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. For thou shalt eat the labor of thy hands. Happy shalt thou be, and it shall be well with thee. Thy wife shall be as a fruitful vine by the sides of thy house, thy children like olive plants round about thy table. Behold, that thus shall the man be blessed that feareth the Lord. The Lord shall bless thee out of Zion, and thou shalt see the good of Jerusalem all the days of thy life. Yea, thou shalt see thy children's children, and peace upon Israel. Please note, so six verses here for this first song of degrees and this one just jumped out at me when I was reading through these this morning and I may have even had a little bit of a negative thought and I'll share it with you because that's what we do so the first thing is the obvious right blessed is the one that feareth the Lord over and over and over the scriptures talk about this blessed are those who fear God fear the one that can destroy the body and soul not the one who can just destroy the body right the beginning of wisdom is the fear of the Lord. So the very first verse here is, Blessed is everyone that feareth the Lord, that walketh in his ways. And then it talks about the, the blessings that come along with that. You know, you, your wife will be fruitful and she'll bear you children. You'll see the goodness of Jerusalem. And, I, and from our perspective, I just think the goodness goodness in the land and you'll even see your children's children now the temporary fleeting negative thought that entered my mind was well I'm looking at the day I'm living in and I can't help but wonder based on the direction things are going am I going to see my children's children 
because it seems like the wicked just keep getting away with more wickedness on every side, and now they just openly commit wickedness, tell us they're doing this evil thing, and say, who cares, what are you going to do about it? We're going to lie, steal, cheat, poison, we're going to do all these things, we're not going to be, we're not even going to hide the fact that we're doing all these evil things to you, and what are you going to do about it? That, I mean, that's the world we're living in now. And so when you read these promises, you read things like this, it's like, well, is that really true? Let's read the next psalm here. Because I feel like it kind of answers that in a way. And really the Proverbs do and, and the Psalms do. And that is simply this. The wicked are not going to get away with their wickedness forever. We look at the world and, we, and it's hard for us to imagine the wicked falling into their own snares, right? It's hard to imagine the wicked actually falling into their own pits and reaping what they've sown. And... Right? But the scriptures are clear that the righteous are going to inherit the earth, not the wicked. And if we're living at a time, if we're living at the time, and we may or may not be, obviously I believe that we are, but I'm not so arrogant as to think I've got it all figured out. If we are living at the time when Jesus will return, then we will see that come to pass. Let's continue on. I'm rambling. Psalm 129. Many a time have they afflicted me from my youth. May Israel now say, Many a time have they afflicted me from my youth, yet they have not prevailed against me. The plowers plowed upon my back. They made long their furrows. The Lord is righteous. He hath cut asunder the cords of the wicked. Let them all be confounded and turned back that hate Zion. Let them be as the grass upon the housetop which withereth afore it groweth up. Wherewith the mower filleth not his hand, nor he that bindeth sheaves his bosom. Neither do they which go by say, The blessing of the Lord be upon you. We bless you in the name of the Lord. Psalm 130 Out of the depths I have cried unto thee, O Lord. Lord, hear my voice. Let thy ears be attentive to the voice of my supplications. If thou, Lord, shouldest marketh iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? But there is forgiveness with thee, that thou mayest be feared. I wait for the Lord, my soul doeth wait, and in his word I do hope. My soul waiteth for the Lord more than they that watcheth the morning. I say more than they that watch for the morning. Let Israel hope in the Lord, for with the Lord there is mercy, and with him is plenteous redemption, and he shall redeem Israel from all his iniquities. Please note, I love that line, because it's true. It's certainly true for me, and it's true for you too. If the Lord should mark iniquities, O Lord, who shall stand? The psalmist is saying, if you're keeping track, 
Like if you're right, if you're keeping track and you're holding everything I've done against me, there's no hope for me. But thankfully you don't do that because there's forgiveness to be found with the Lord. And those that hope in the Lord, listen, let Israel hope in the Lord for with the Lord there is mercy and with him is plenteous redemption. Let's read Psalm 131, three verses. Lord, my heart is not haughty, nor my eyes lofty. Neither do I exercise myself in great matters, or in things too high for me. Surely I have behaved and quieted myself as a child that is weaned of his mother. My soul is even as a weaned child. Let Israel hope in the Lord from henceforth forevermore. It's only three verses, but it's, it's a psalm about humility. Let me read you just a little paragraph from Matthew Henry's commentary before we move on to Ecclesiastes about Psalm 131 here, which says again, My Lord, or Lord, my heart is not haughty, my eyes are not lofty, neither do I exercise myself in great matters or in things too high for me. Here's what Matthew Henry says. The psalmist aimed at nothing high or great, but to be content be content in every condition God allotted. Humble saints cannot think so well of themselves as others think of them. The love of God reigning in the heart will subdue self-love. Please note, by the way, that's pretty uh, opposite of what we're taught in our culture today, isn't it? Oh, you can't love other people until you love yourself. It's always about loving yourself, isn't it? Sorry, I just I get so annoyed by that. That idea that I've got to find some way to love myself. I heard a pastor once say, you know, people are always talking about high self-esteem or low self-esteem. And he said, what about no esteem? How about that? No esteem. That's not going to sit well with some of you. Some of you have bought into the love yourself, self-love. May God show you the truth of that. Where there is a proud heart, there is commonly a proud look. To know God in our duty is learning sufficiently high for us. That's where I'm going to stop with that commentary. But I want to read it one more time. The psalmist aimed at nothing high or great, but to be content in every condition God allotted. Humble saints cannot think so well as themselves as others think of them. The love of God reigning in our heart will subdue self-love. Where there is a proud heart, there is commonly a proud look. To know God in our duty is learning sufficiently high for us. All right, let's move on from the Psalms and let's read our Ecclesiastes for today, which is Ecclesiastes chapter 7. It's a continuation of that idea, the view of the incurableness of the evil man. There's nothing under the sun that's not vanity, right? Let's begin. 
Ecclesiastes chapter 7. A good name is better than a precious ointment, and the day of death than the day of one's birth. Please note, first verse, really? The, the day of death is better than the day of birth. It is true if you are in an intimate relationship with God and you're leaving behind a good name and a legacy and now you're going to go be the, what did Paul say? To be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord, right? So which is better? Birth into this world or birth or you know being in the presence of God. All right, I'm going to try to stop interrupting here. A good name is better than a precious ointment in the day of death than the day of one's birth. It is better to go to the house of mourning than to go to the house of feasting. For that is the end of all men, and the living will lay it to his heart. Sorrow is better than laughter, for by the sadness of the countenance the heart is made better. Mm, this is difficult, right? But these are truths. Think about all the spiritual growth you've ever done in your life. Has not a majority of it come through struggle? Continuing on, the heart of the wise is in the house of the morning, but the heart of fools is in the house of mirth. It is better to hear the rebuke of the wise than for a man to hear a song of fools. For the crackling of thorns into a pot, so is the laughter of a fool. This is also vanity. Surely oppression maketh a wise man mad, and a gift destroyeth the heart. Better is the end of a thing than the beginning thereof, and the patient in spirit is better than the proud in spirit. Be not hasty in thy spirit to be angry, for anger resteth in the bosom of fools. Say not thou, what is the cause that the former days were better than these? For thou dost not inquire wisely concerning this. Please note, wow. That's hitting me right between the eyes. Let me read this again. Say not thou, what is the cause of the former days? What is the cause that the former days were better than these? For thou dost not inquire wisely concerning this. How many of us do this? I certainly do. Oh, I'm the the eighties and nineties. It was so much better. What happened? How did we get to here? Right. We all do that. Of course, look at the times we're living in. But what does the scripture say? Say not thou, what is the cause that the former days were better than these? For thou dost not inquire wisely concerning this. Let me just read you John Wesley's take on what this verse means. It's just a couple sentences here. Here's what he says. Better, more quiet and comfortable. Right? 
So when we say uh, former times were better because I was it, it it was more comfortable for me, right? That's really what we're saying when we say the former days were better than these. He says better, more quiet and comfortable. For this is an argument of a mind unthankful for the many mercies which men enjoy even in evil times. Wow. Yeah, that is that is definitely piercing my heart this morning. I hope it I really hope that that's speaking to some this is powerful for us in the times we're living in. Don't say the former days were better. And why is that? This is brilliance from John Wesley, by the way. This argument is of an unthankful mind. Because you're being unthankful for the many mercies which men enjoy even in evil times. I don't know about you, but God has been gracious and merciful to me even in evil times. And then he says, for. So he's, he's addressing the second part of this. So the first part was, say not thou what causes the former days were better than these. For thou dost not inquire wisely concerning this. He says, this question shows thy folly in contending with thy Lord and governor in opposing thy shallow wit to his unsearchable wisdom. In other words, you're questioning why you're questioning God because he's the one who's in control, right? That first part really rings loudly. Man, I think that should just be our takeaway this morning. Let us not run the risk of being unthankful for the many mercies that we are enjoying even in evil times. Lord God, have mercy on us all. Let me finish our study for this morning. Verse 11. Wisdom is good with an inheritance and by it there is profit to them that see the sun for wisdom is a defense and money is a defense but the excellency of knowledge is that wisdom give life to them that have it consider the work of God for who can make that straight which he hath made crooked in the day of prosperity be joyful but in the day of adversity consider God also hath set the one over against the other, to the end that man should find nothing after him. Please note, again, Solomon's really drilling home the sovereignty issue, right? Like, you're not going to you're not gonna be able to make something straight that God has made crooked. That's the first part, right? And then he's saying, yeah, you're going to be joyful in the day of prosperity, but in a day of adversity, which is kind of what we just got done talking about, don't be complaining about that because God has said it that way for a purpose. Verse 15, all things I have seen in the days of my vanity. There is a just man that perishes in his righteousness, and there is a wicked man that prolongeth his life in his wickedness. But not righteous overmuch, neither make thyself overwise why shouldest thou destroy thyself? Be not over much wicked, neither be thou foolish. Why should thou die before thy time? 
Is it good that thou shouldest take hold of this? Yea, also from this withdraw not thy hand. For he that feareth God shall come forth of them all. Wisdom strengtheneth the wise more than ten mighty men which are in a city. For there is not a just man upon the earth that doeth good and sinneth not. Please note, that's just an important truth to realize. There's not a single person on this earth who sins not. Although some think of themselves in that light. Verse 21, Also take no heed unto all words that are spoken, lest thou hear thy servant curse thee. For oftentimes also thy own heart knoweth that thou thyself likewise hast cursed others. All this I have proved by wisdom. I said I will be wise, but it was far from me. That which is far off and exceeding deep, who can find it out? I applied my heart to know and to search and to seek out wisdom and to reason of things and to know the wickedness of folly, even the foolishness and madness. I and I found more bitter than death the woman whose heart is snares and nets and her hands as bands. Whoso pleases God shall escape from her, but the sinner shall be taken by her. Behold, this I have found, saith the preacher counting one by one to find out the account, which yet my soul seeketh, but I find not. One man among a thousand have I found, but a woman among all those I have found not. Lo, this only have I found, that God hath made man upright, but they have sought out many inventions. That, my friends, is our wisdom and encouragement from the books of wisdom for this morning. I pray that it's spoken to you and pierced your hearts and caused you to draw closer to God. Thank you for praying for the podcast. Thank you to those who are Patreon supporters and PayPal supporters. Couldn't do this without you, and it's far beyond what I deserve. Peace and grace be with all of you. And until next time, God bless.